Happy New Year and blessings to you, dear listener. Deep gratitude for tuning in and thank you for being here. I appreciate your patience with me as I build these next few episodes, especially because the topic is quite compelling, but also somewhat challenging. And so we will be focused, or at least I will be sharpening my reflections and my thinking out loud around the fact that humanity seems to have always been embroiled in conflict since the beginning of time. Um, it would seem humanity, or and I use that term humanity because I like what I heard a philosopher once say that you are the universe and the universe is you. And so we've experienced suffering, we've experienced loneliness, we've experienced despair, we've experienced anger, we've experienced confusion and rage. And so I think we've, we've faced a myriad of decisions and have been, can seem a perpetual state of war, both physical battles and ideological clashes. And so I've been stirring and sitting in reflection and wondering, uh, exploring, is peace truly attainable and what does peace signify? And so considering humanity's history, uh, is a state of peace even feasible? And so today as we at least as I witness ideological, as I look at economic, radical, social and material conflicts uh, all around the world, some of these conflicts, although distant, I think are also mirrored in the, the frustrated, maybe, and developed uh, uh, Western societies where, where polarization, which for me, is just sophisticated tribalism um, seems to prevail. And so this, uh, this wondering that I have, that I'm sharing on this podcast, at least this, these next few episodes, is peace a conceivable reality? Again, throughout time, various religions, both Eastern and Western, have, have proposed that peace exists in the in the afterlife, right, or or as a as a heavenly serenity. And in my contemplation of humanity's history, I think I'm wondering what peace could possibly look like. It seems that the human condition is inherently conflicted, both internally and externally. And in our wider Episcopal Church, we've been We've had this, what we call revivals, and, and I recognize that even just the concept of revival implies the rejuvenation of something that is dying or already dead. And again, this is not unique to, to the Episcopal Church uh, in which I serve. And so that in and of itself has stirred even deeper within me. Has humanity's perpetual state of conflict 
become a fundamental aspect of our daily lives? Is this just part of being human? And in these times of, 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 of a pandemic loneliness, where I think we yearn for an escape from misery, from, from sorrow, uh, and, and the desperate solitude that envelops us, as I observe and as we journey through this, I wonder if after thousands of years, we are still entrenched in conflict, um, we, are, we are still pretty cruel, we are anxious, we are hateful. And it seems that these sentiments, it can at least seems to me sometimes, these sentiments, sentiments are intensifying with each passing day. And so I approach this and I'm realizing, especially because at coffee hour, I had a dear uh, fellow pilgrim uh, challenge, not challenge, but invite me to, to consider uh, how, how does Ubuntu play into this? And so I'm, I'm approaching this wondering through this lens of exploring the concept afresh of Ubuntu within a theological context. This wondering for me is about humanity's uh, pursuit perhaps of an holistic daily life where I consider myself as one with the universe, emphasizing interconnectedness, holding the teachings of my favorite heroes, the desert fathers, the desert mothers. And I'm wondering what a world with minimal conflict might resemble. Would the absence of conflict naturally lead to peace? So this background frames my 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 wondering of the African philosophy of Ubuntu in a theological context because I think this is relevant to today's realities of conflict. And again, I don't want this just to be an intellectual exercise. Um, it, is, it is truly heartfelt. It's a, it's, a, it's a reflection on why I find myself or ourselves in conflict. And so you will... In the coming episodes, hear me reference the wonderful, the great, the strong Moses, the black, the Ethiopian, Abba Moses, the desert father who I believe provides a template to transition from from, from a state of, of anger and rage to a state of, of apatheia, its original meaning uh, being that of deep and so these are the questions I'm, I'm wrestling with and so I'm thinking aloud uh, and I'm thinking aloud because I always strive to trust that you can only change what you understand and so this is thinking aloud and seeking to understand and so what does a potential roadmap look like for the next maybe coming weeks and episodes? Um, 
it will include uh, an introduction, of course, to, to Ubuntu and, and, and theology. I will explore um, the Ubuntu lens through, through Desmond Tutu. Desmond Tutu, the Archbishop Emeritus of the Anglican Church in South Africa, and I was really blessed that my grandfather, uh, the Right Reverend Edward McKenzie, the late Bishop McKenzie, was uh, Bishop Suffolk in Cape Town during the time when Archbishop Desmond served as uh, chief pastor. And so I realized that a lot of my my youth and most of my my formative years, I was exposed to to all of that. And so I'm reflecting back on that, including the work my aunt did, uh, also uh, an ordained priest practicing here in the Episcopal Church, the Reverend um, Vanessa McKenzie, who at the time, Archbishop Desmond, before he was Archbishop, was Bishop of Johannesburg and Bishop to her there. Um, another episode, I will explore Ubuntu and um, liberation theology, especially that of uh, influence by Alan Busak and, and, and Busak's perspective on Ubuntu through liberation theology. Um, and then, of course, living, uh, lifting up uh, some women's voices in Ubuntu theology, especially Mercy Amber Oduyoye, um, an inclusive vision and then Isabel Apawa Piri, who, who writes about, or at least whose work is on integra integrating Ubuntu with the experiences of African women. Uh, following episodes will also include perhaps the psychological and social dimensions of Ubuntu. This is very much, for me, influenced by Steve Biko, the mind of Ubuntu, analyzing Biko's black consciousness in the framework of Ubuntu, uh, and then Ubuntu and identity, how, how Steve Biko's teachings on identity reinforce the principles of Ubuntu, and then Ubuntu um, uh, exploring further reflections of, of Ubuntu as a reflection of the divine, offering insights by the great uh, John Mbiti, uh, which discusses African spirituality uh, and African religions and their connection. And then, of course, the Desert Fathers and Mothers, ancient echoes of Ubuntu. And, and, then, and then bringing it home to, to how perhaps living Ubuntu today, applying that ancient wisdom to our daily lives and, and envisioning a future where Ubuntu informs our theology and community engagement. And so what does it mean to be community today? Um, and so each episode hopefully will draw uh, from, the, from themes of conflict, peace, and the interconnectedness of humanity. And so there's this weaving uh, of the theological perspective, historical insights, and thus uh, an exploration, for me at least, of Ubuntu. And, and then practical reflections and applications for perhaps how we might explore that, being a community in connectedness today. 
And so, thank you. And I'm going to experiment further with this, this platform in general. And I appreciate you, you listening, you tuning in as we begin this journey of interconnectedness. Wherever you find yourself this day, be strong, be of good courage. Stay your course of faith and continue that course with joy and blessings and strength for the journey. Until next time, blessings.